It is that time of the week again. It is Sports Arena's 205 is alive as we run down this week's edition of 205 Live. Um, yeah, I got myself at Paul and I'm here with Jay again. How you doing, Jay? You right? Not too bad. Now, if people have been following the Sports Arena on Twitter, they will know that breaking news through the week is Griff wasn't uh, able to make weight this week and therefore is not eligible for the next month or three weeks, depending on how you're counting it. Uh, but it's okay because it won't make any difference at all. <laughs> well, obviously, we don't mention it the show because you just you build up everything on Twitter. That's that's how it's done now. Well, we we do believe that this is the hottest hour of television, uh, which is neither an hour nor on television. So uh, it's, it makes perfect sense we push it straight to the, the Twitter account so you can oh. find out what's going on. We need that. We need something like that. The hottest hour of radio or something that we're just not because we're a podcast but we'll say that we are the 205 is alive is the hottest hour of radio every week that works yes. doesn't it which is neither on the radio nor an hour so yeah that works perfectly <laughs> oh keeping in with what we are doing um, so yeah 205 live um last week the little gauntlet match with um Kalisto won, went on to the greatest Royal Rumble, and um, we started off a little recap with all this. So um, we yeah, had just, just covering that Kalisto and Cedric Alexander had a match for some reason because he won a gauntlet, the greatest Royal Rumble, and Buddy Murphy missed weight. So yeah, poor Buddy Murphy, back to the bottom of the line again, or not so, depending how this goes. So that um. All happened, and it kicked off with Tazar and Atami versus Gallagher and Kendrick. I've always liked Kendrick's theme music still. I do believe he's yeah, a man I, with a plan. I, I like Kendrick. I know I was saying this when we were talking about him when he came back, but his, you know, the fact that he's moved himself so much from Spanky and D by Brian Kendrick and the... Uh, the, the um, the wizard gimmick he had in the, the guru gimmick he had in TNA. Um, yeah, I like how he continued to just reinvent himself and reinvent the style. Yeah, no, I don't think he just sort of. Yeah, I'm impressed with him. He's a man of a plan. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's a good match. Again, we, we've covered this before. The whole health face. Um, Dynamic, Lucha House Party, everything that seemed to happen that was, was forgotten for the majority of this match, as I'm guessing it felt like um, Tazara and Atami were sort of faces. Well, they definitely were when they came out. You know, their, their entrance was very much a face entrance. They were both posing to the crowd. They were both running around and, and you know, hyping everyone up from the moment they walked out. Um, and again, as the match went on, Tazawa was an out-and-out face. Um, and Itami kind of, sort of, was. Yeah. Yeah, so it sort of, um, yeah, flicked it. I do like um, Gallagher and Kendrick. I thought they had a different... St- it's, it's kind of weird. Everything they sort of pretend that 205 is, a lot of the wrestlers just generally aren't like that. They're a lot more grapplers rather than this sort of high-risk thing. Yes, I mean, 
they seem to be doing quite a good story in regards to 205 basically falls into your three categories of like high flying lucha or the grappling or the strong style um and the matches that are kind of setting up and and, and kind of showing the difference between those is not bad but you really need someone who can really kind of bring the best out of each other and you do get points where i think it's almost too similar so you know jack gallagher's gimmick is that he's a little bit of a grappler but he's also a striker and then uh that's what Itami's doing as well so it kind of gets a little bit blurry i think yeah yeah it does no it's um it's great i was looking at this and i was thinking i think my main issue with some of the high flying in this show is the um is them searching for approval from like the crowd before doing it when i find people like um seth and finn will literally just dive to the outside here they kind of stop point get the crowd to react and then do it but that's i i think that is a problem and i think part of that's because the crowd aren't invested enough to do it without them pleading for some sort of engagement and approval and and, and exercise. And, and I think my problem still with this is you are seeing Seth and Finn and Samoa Joe and various people do very similar stuff um, with more charisma and personality, which means people are into it more. Yeah. But um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, any highlights for the match you want to take away? I mean, some good sort of map-based stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was it was not a bad match. It just was a bit. Um, so I, I was I was surprised how little they played up the Itami Kendrick bit. So there was a fairly early point in when when they got in together that uh, Itami kind of smacked him around the face and he was holding his face and it almost looked as if he was kind of um, playing to the, the, the damaged orbital bone and, and whether, you know, there'd been more damage. But again, you know, the, the announcers are very hit and miss on this show, continue to be very hit and miss. And we'll talk about them arguing over what was the better spot on the greatest Royal Rumble later. Um, but there just wasn't really that drama. There wasn't that kind of length of a breath of the fact that you know, this guy legitimately broke Kendrick's face with um, his move, so much so that he's stopped using it now. Um, Kendrick missed a huge amount of action because it was an orbital injury. Um, and it just didn't really seem to have the gravitas that this was the first meeting afterwards. And what makes that harder is um, Gallagher, for all the time he's been on his own, has been a heel because he turned a heel to join Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick's come back as similar character, so probably he's picked up where he left off, which means he's a heel. And they're now facing Itami, who's also a heel, even yeah. though he's part of a tag team that can't work out whether they're a face or a heel. Exactly. Um, Depends whose music and it, is. Yeah, and it just gets a little bit messy all the way through in the sense of you've left the most obvious storyline and you've not even done anything other than, than Kendrick kind of going, oh, it's all water under the bridge. So there's not even a whole kind of, I understand exactly what he did and I would have done the same situation and, you know, this ain't ballet kind of thing. It's just 
sort of forgiven, but not really forgiven, and sort of done, although not really done. Yeah, I mean, I've everything like you said, it's it's a legit um, angle. It could have been sort of like something, but they just um, again just chosen not to really sort of run with it. Like I said, it was just sort of told to leave it, and I guess he sort of had. He could have had Kendrick sort of not wanting to exchange or anything, but um, yeah. Or you could have. I mean, if if you if you've been told to leave it and not making an issue. Then why have you put them in a match two weeks later? Well, I mean, surely there would have been something there about you know begging them for a match because you want to prove you, you can beat the best and Itami and Tazawa are somehow the best and and you know I, and this isn't personal. This is business. This is about me wanting to kind of test my metal and show I should be in the mix for two hundred five live and should be in consideration. And to do that, I have to beat Itami because he's you know he's also on this hot up-and-coming streak and I need to show so it's not me wanting to just get in the ring and, and punch him in the face it's actually that I've got something to prove on a professional standpoint and I promise and then you can have the whole kind of is it oh, has he snapped has he gone too far is he is his emotions getting in the way is he having you know flashbacks and PTSD about having his face broken instead of it just being this random match that's put together and is used to to push a different storyline for some reason yeah, and getting into that storyline, basically the end of the match comes where Tozawa is at the top rope, uh, going to perform, I'm guessing the senton on uh, Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, uh, Itami runs into the ropes to try and attack Kendrick. Doing so, making Tozawa drop onto the top and um, yeah, ends up picking up the loss. So um, Gallagher and Kendrick wins. After the match, Atami then sort of ends up shoving Tozawa. Yeah, I, I mean it I was it wasn't a that. full wasn't a full like turn or break up, but it was just a, a, a tease that they're not on the same page. Yeah, I mean it was definite dissension. And, yeah, you know, the physical kind of reaction. Exactly. Um, I think Atami's. Uh, manner with it was was quite good you know you could see him selling the fact that he was pissed off that he was angry that he, he was let down that he was cross that he wanted to do something but that went on for so long that you kind of you know and i don't know whether that was i was meant to turn around quicker or or the time he was in position too quick or something but that was just such a long wait for then it to come through that you'd kind of taken away all of the the shock and the drama because everyone could see what Tommy was going to do. Yeah, basically, you knew where it was going. Um, I think overall, um, nice match, but wasn't a classic, but it was a good match all the same, worth a watch. Yeah, they've all had better matches with yeah. each other and other people. It was a fine match. Um, it just was a bit flat. Um, I'm still not a fan of Gallagher's Headbutt. He seems to have got lower, so it's it's a headbutt to the chest now. Yeah. Um, and I, and this is I think this is what we were saying all the way through about it. You know, it's very hard to do a a worked headbutt, um, even with someone as, as as capable as Jack Gallagher, because um, it's just still got too many ways of going wrong, and 
you know, the people who have historically used headbutts, albeit from the top rope, as finishers, don't usually have the best ending to their story. Um, so they're, they're trying to make it safer and safer, but that then sadly makes it look less and less impressive because he's now, you know, it won't be long before he's headbutting someone's shin and that's going to knock him out for the three count. <laughs> I could see it. I can see it happening. Um, we went to a Gulak promo. Um, again, good promo, but nothing we haven't heard before. But I do like the guy's character. It sounds really horrible. Like the guy's character. Just wish he was on SmackDown or NXT. Yeah, and it was interesting when he was in the match later, what they were talking about during it. But um, I think he's at a point now where we can forget about the PowerPoint yeah. I think he's done a good job at, at, at moving past that and him being you know the best submission wrestler in WWE and him him you know wanting to uh, ground people and stretch people and all the rest of it I think that's a good enough gimmick in itself now that he doesn't have to rely on the bait and switch with PowerPoint presentations yeah agrees a nice lot and then um it was a secret time, wasn't it? Obviously, we cut back to Buddy Murphy having to make weight again. Um, yeah, so we had a bit of a recount of the last three weeks. Yeah. And the last three weeks was that he ran out and attacked Cedric Alexander. Yep. Then got told he was overweight. He then did nothing. And now he's not overweight, so he can repeat, compete again wants his title match. It's just insane that he wasn't allowed to have a second chance to make weight. But especially when you like had to weigh in two weeks before the actual show. But I guess in the in the real world he must have had an injury or some sort of issue to cause it. Yeah, I mean I can only think that there was something some visa reason as to why he couldn't get into Saudi Arabia. Um uh and, you know, they did similar things with um, Sami Zayn and you know, reasons why he wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia because of, of his, you know, his, his family and his heritage. Um, but um, it was just a very weird that, you know, mid-month he's missed weight and therefore has to wait a month before he can weigh in again because that's the only time. I mean... And now he's weighing in because... Well, it's the beginning of the month, so he can, although that's not the same cycle as he would have been on. Because it's three weeks, we know it's three, well, it's less than three weeks, it's two weeks, we know it's two weeks because they've just showed that in the video package. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would prefer, I mean, obviously it was probably just a knee-jerk reaction to something that happened, but I would prefer to almost an angle on the show where he, he was in a match, almost like tonight's match, and basically just, didn't stop beating someone down to a point where they were just like, no, stop, or we'll take the title match away from you, and he didn't stop or something like that. I just I just think the making weight thing was a bit... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't think that he's a draw for the greatest Royal Rumble, if, if the answer was that he wasn't a big enough or a good enough name, then... Why is he your number one contender straight out of Mania? Well, yeah. 
speaking of uh, number one contenders, um, I haven't watched main event, but I've been looking at some of the results. And um, I think um, Ali and Cedric Alexander have teamed up on there and had a tag team match. Oh, wow. So they are wrestling as a tag team. And they are wrestling, just, um, yeah, not on 205 Live. I mean, why would you want your WrestleMania <laughs> card from 255 to be wrestling on 255? It's far easier if they just walk out and kind of have this weird fight with someone for no apparent reason. Yeah, no, so they're all, um, they're all over on, um, a lot of them are on main event every week doing tag team matches and singles matches. So, um, yeah, I try to watch them when I can. But, yeah, I just saw the results. And I saw that on there. And I just thought, oh, that's interesting that they're over there when he hasn't actually wrestled once on 205 Live since becoming the champion. No. Or even really appeared for any length of time. Um, yeah, I mean, he came out to do his celebration the night after to, to make it his, his, the best night ever. Um, and said literally nothing because Derek Maverick did most of the talking and then Ali came down and did most of the talking. Yeah. Um, uh, but did wear a nice purple shirt. And then... This whole purple thing's that, got to um, stop. I noticed um, Nigel McGuinness was um, wearing... Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy's... Buddy Murphy's... He's gone purple now. I noticed well, my... Yeah. Um, I think my issue with um, Nigel McGuinness when he talks, it isn't a bad one. I think it's just because I'm so used to watching... Ring of Honor, when I hear his voice, yeah. I'm very much used to having him as an um, authority figure. Yeah. As he was in like Ring of Honor. So I think I'm still transitioning him to a commentator from what I like know. And it's nothing major, it's just something I just picked up on when he was talking. And I just thought, I'm so used to just, you know, even though he's been there for ages, it's just what I was used to. So, so yeah. I've, I, I've, I've always really liked Nigel McGuinness's work in wrestling. I liked um, the stuff he did with ROH as the pure champion. I thought he was really, really good. I even liked him as Desmond Wolf in TNA. I thought that was really interesting. Him with Kurt Angle, I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, got to see one of those matches live when I was in America, and he'd only just debuted, and it was it was really, really good. Um, love when he went back to ROH and did the authority figure with some of the, the, the stuff there with the commentating, loved what he did with the Cruiserweight Classic, thought he brought a real kind of insight and, and real kind of gravitas to what he was talking about. Yep. He leaves me cold on Tour of Five Live as a commentator. And that's just got worse with Percy Watson coming in because they get involved in these inept, inane little arguments that, you know, even if we were being paid to do this podcast, you couldn't pay me enough to care about their little squabble banter thing. Um, I think it takes away from the, it continues to take away from the product for me yeah I, I think in their defence um, a lot of it is I don't think as we don't I don't think they really know some of the storylines going on so it's hard to throw any sort of like emotion and things like that because they're probably sitting there and they're not necessarily seeing the segments or know what's going on so but the difference is that I am not there. I don't have the opportunity to go and speak to people and kind of go, right, so, so what's going on? So where are we doing with this? What's next week's tape and stuff like Where are we doing with so-and-so? So what do you want me to tell the people about your character and how it comes through? And, you know, what, what's the basics of... And 
they've got bits of things that they have, and they just interject them at the most ridiculous and redundant points that yeah. take away from the match all the way through. And, you know, we, there was, as I was saying from the very first ones that we started watching and reviewing, the commentators were telling completely different stories to what was going on in the ring. And I don't think it's it's as easy as saying, you know, they're, they're, they don't know what's going on either because their their entire job is to know. be a commentator yeah, on no. this program. They're, they're, I mean, it's not like this is what they're doing. Like, you know, you and I have jobs. We do our, our, our full day's work and then we sit down, we watch wrestling and then talk about it. Yeah. Their entire job is paid to sit down, watch wrestling and talk about it. And backstage They're on the same bus with the people who they're talking about. They're in the same hotel with the people they're talking about. They, you know, the fact that they they can't be bothered to to put some sort of story together is is just crap and lazy. And, And the problem is, I know that we have spent years railing against, you know, Vince McMahon in the ear set and, you know, producing as he goes and, you know, hard to commentate with Vince McMahon in the ear set. And Mick Foley was fantastic, but couldn't put up with this voice in his head kind of thing. Um, but they really could benefit from someone actually giving them some talking points and bringing them back on target because they just end up in the most bizarre conversations that, that just detract from the show. And it's three people who are just disconnected from the product but have the best seats in the house and just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. That being said, I do like Nigel McGuinness. I like him in everything apart from this current run. Yeah. Screw it's my Which takes us but to... Yes, Buddy, um, Murphy. Buddy Murphy comes to the ring, looks very intense and angry. Um, I didn't catch his opponent's name, but he makes short work of him. No, he looked like some kind of um, Goldberg creator wrestler. <laughs> he looks like a generic start wrestler in a, a SmackDown game. But yeah, um, sorry, WWE 2K game. But um, yeah, so he picked it up, looked fairly strong. On the way back, um, Cedric's music hit, walked out, dropped the belt, and proceeded to like run after him and fight him. Yeah, so uh, Buddy Murphy wins after a triple powerbomb. Yeah. Um, and he goes for the pin, kind of rolls the guy off at two. So let's go of the pin at two. Then kind of just stands around, hang around, and then the, they ring the bell and declare that he can't continue. Very much um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, NXT spot. So... I, there was part of me that, that wasn't quite sure whether he let go of it too early and that was meant to be the three. Yeah. Because it was just a really awkward ending after that. And, and you know, create a wrestler, standard guy, um, just stayed so very still because I don't think he really understood what he was meant to do next. Um, so I don't know if that was a little bit of a bodge. But, yeah, we're into the world where... TKO is a thing, which kind of bothers me slightly. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I thought I liked the idea. I would have preferred it if, obviously, just kept power bombing and they'd stopped it. 
and that could have sort of gone with the whole, you know, you're out of control, you need to calm down kind of thing. So I didn't super mind it, but like I said, I just, I, I feel like it, no one was on the same page sort of with the finish. But um, yeah, all in all, I, I didn't, I thought it was, it was good. Like I said, I like Buddy Murphy. Um, I'm happy that he's he's getting a go. Yeah, I don't understand the, the the complete reset and he's back in and and it's as if the two weeks in between where he got dropped out, someone got else got put in and got a title shot, never happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't. I'm surprised that he's still not appearing on NXT, even if it's just as a brief something to help sort of this storyline but it's very much like he's sort of billed as NXT's sort of guy even though he hasn't been on NXT for um forever to be honest he may have been on NXT but it's such a secret we haven't noticed oh that's clever thank you that there be clever um so yeah done that yeah Cedric came out um quick work they just brawled to the back yeah Cedric remembered to grab his belt on the way up but yeah they brawled to the back um, simple as that, really. And it went on to um, the main event, which um, was Kalisto taking on old Gulak. So, uh, Lucha House Party are, are helping their, their guy get um, psyched again, yep. pumped for the match which includes Kalisto hanging on a ladder, uh, one of them trying to spin the noisemaker, and the other one slapping and chopping him, because apparently that's what they do to get each other kind of ready, is they just hit each other. Which seems a little bit deductive, really, because surely that's just what your opponent's going to walk out and do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then... Um, uh, I still, I, I still really don't like Drew Gulak's robe. <laughs> the, the robe's not right. Um, yeah, well, because the problem is, you almost want him to just come out with sort of the Taz towel, but then it's just a complete sort of Taz gimmick, isn't it? I, I, I could just do with it having less of a wide neckline. Yeah, I, it's just. It, it, he, he's almost wearing it. He's just about wearing it. It's it's almost... I, I just don't... I mean, I, it feels like it's kind of modelled on more of like a boxing robe. You know, I think there was some reference to him being the uh, the Philadelphia grappler or something. So, you know, I don't know whether there's a, a little bit of a, um, uh, a, 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 a Rocky style point on there because you know obviously a famous philadelphia boxing character yeah um but it's just yeah it's just a little bit too open at the top for me just it just bothers me i mean you're a man that appreciates his robes so you've got every right i mean yeah i do i mean i i I feel that you know the, the the i've grown up with the logic that robe maketh the man and I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do. I mean, it looks like a, a bathrobe, except in that material, it's not going to be good for absorption. I don't know what he's doing. You do, um, you do think, so, like, growing up as a wrestling fan, you have a bigger opinion on robes than you kind of realise. 
but you think from obviously the, the top robes like the Ric Flair's to obviously the Greg Valentine's, um, Red Roosters, you know, there's there's yeah. robes and 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 there's jackets, you know. I mean, Diner Brothers in their their Michigan State jackets, yeah, and, uh, you know, and the, the the trench coats and the dusters of Sting and um, Ultimate Warrior in his WCW days and stuff like that. You know, it's a big part of it. It's the entrance is a huge thing, and and it's just it doesn't do it for me. It, it's not to the the, the Rick Rude level robe it's not to the Ric Flair level robe it's it's, it's not up to the macho man capes you know oh. yeah just not uh, what do you think of the match all robes aside once the robe came off um, I, I thought it was a good match um, I was surprised how little offence Kalisto actually got in um, because he's usually he, he usually gets a little bit more into that but Gulak did quite a good job of grounding him throughout uh, from very early on and through and, and Kalisto had a fair few kind of hope spots where he picked up the pace and did some stuff but you know they, they were really playing up the fact that Gulak can cut it off and, and bring it back down and, and kind of ground him and take his, his speed away Yeah. Um, the commentators again annoyed the life out of me so, you know, Gulak's entire promo was about Kalisto getting this opportunity and not taking it um, and missed this opportunity at the, uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. He had, he had an opportunity, he had a chance, and he failed. So the commentators were then arguing that Gulak didn't take his chance either because, you know, he had the chance, if he's looking to make 205 Live great again, he had the real chance of of winning the greatest Royal Rumble and, and using that kudos to make 205 Live an amazing show. And you're kind of sitting there going, his argument is he had a one-to-one -one with the champion and he lost. Your argument is that he could have beat 49 other people in a Royal Rumble? I don't understand how that's... The, when, he, when he was drawn at 23 or something. So it's not even who, if he walked out 50. I can't remember who eliminated him. I know that... It was, was someone that really annoyed me at the time. So they were saying that the first thing he did was lock up with and, and, and wrestle Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Which, I, you know, is, is fantastic. And, um, yeah, it just, it's, I, I, it's a really bizarre point that, yeah, well, he could have gone on and won the Royal Rumble. He missed his opportunity too. I just I think they need to, um, like I said, I've said it a million times, I need to let these rosters just like get out there a bit. It would just do them the world of good. It really would. Yeah, and and you know, with with some of the styles, you could do it. I think without like even a main event, they're just the they're fighting other two hundred five guys, uh, two hundred five live guys on main event. So it's not even like you've but, got whoever yeah. versus. You know, Lucha House Party versus the Revival or something. It'll be against the same sort of people again. You're just like, no, just, you know, it'll just help them so much just to prove that they can beat these. Yeah, and, you know, Gulak style, for instance, if he's a slightly smaller guy or whatever else, that's really not a problem because once he gets a hold of a limb, that's you know, it. His, his submission and his grappling prowess means that you know he's gonna he's gonna 
tear it off. He's not, you know, you can tap, tap, it's, you know, that straightforward. So you can do things like that, and you can kind of build it up by him taking scalps from NXT or, or, or Raw or SmackDown. Um, you know, is anyone going to think any worse of, of Fandango if he taps out to Drew Gulak? That's it. And that's the truth of it, if, especially if it was on like main event or something. You yeah. know, where it's sort of a, a crossover, but not. If you just beat him, you just think, yeah, it's fine. But um, it's what they're doing. Um, overall, yeah. Fun, so, uh, fun match. Yeah, it was a good match. You know, I, I, there was a really interesting little line thrown away by the commentators that one of the reasons why Drew Gulak was so good at negating... Um, Kalisto's style is because Gulak had been trained in Lucha Libre and had been trained in Lucha Libre by the same guy that had trained uh, Lince Dorado Hmm. which is an amazing story that was just absolutely carted off for no apparent reason the the whole kind of him being an absolute student of the game and, and learning from this cultured master who's other student who's who's you know and you can play the respect angle of the the disrespect to the the, the, the master because you know you you what you don't respect lucha you've used it to to take away and not wrestle the lucha style versus me and my mask and my heritage and blah 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 um and it was, yeah again just like one of those things that was said and moved on yeah um after me absolutely ragging on the stun dog millionaire name. Um, I really like the blue lock. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little like eggs getting Sainsbury's, but apart from that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I thought that was quite a, a good name. Um, and the bit that jumped out at me with Gulak firing Kalisto up because he went after the mask, which is what we've seen in every single match with uh, Lucha House Party. Yeah. The Tami ripping mar- the, the Grand Metallic mask and the, the Lince Dorado mask and trying to unmask them and all the rest of it. Yeah. A question for you is um, how long before we see our first hair versus mask match and who puts up their hair versus one of, uh, well, I'm assuming it would be Kalisto's mask. Oh, um, I could see him going for someone like Tony Nice, but it's just getting him involved to an angle. It'd be a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's as of last time, he's a face. So again, kind of a bit all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, but um, obviously, because he's sort of got the longest hair, I think it would work unless they went with someone completely like if Brian Kendrick wanted to. Yeah. Shave his hair because I think, I think they're fighting the Lucha House Party next week. I think that was announced. Yep, yep. Throwing that match away straight away, but yeah. Um. So I mean, Atami's kind of the obvious one, but has he really got any huge amount of hair to lose? Um. But interestingly, the guy that seems to be having far longer hair and beard is um. Mr. Gulak himself. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's, he's got enough to be shaved if yeah. sort of so needed. It would it would be a noticeable... Yeah, especially if they were to like shave it right down. So, um, yeah, that'd work, definitely. Be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... I, I, I'm not sure if it's something they do, but it just it just seems. But again, though, it, the, the thing is with like this at the moment, if if they were to do like such a thing, where would they do it? Yeah, you know, because you, you can't do it on a, a backlash pre-show. They would. They they do it on uh, they do it on two hundred five live with a week's build. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's just don't be wrong. They're light years away from having a you know, NXT style special. But if, if done correct, they, they could have really benefited um, like um, the UK Championship has been on um, yeah. TakeOver to having some of these matches on TakeOver and then just let be and then just sort of get away, let them loose, have that NXT sort of hot arena crowd and, um, yeah, work it like that. But... Like I said, they just seem light years away at the moment. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, the the, the, the figures came out for the uh, top ten shows on the network in April. Yeah. Um, and number one was was very obviously uh, WrestleMania. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, number two was something else to wrestle. Um, the the, the Bruce Pritchard, cast, which has landed really, really strongly and really well. Good. I think number three was TakeOver. Uh, number four was the NXT After Mania. Yeah. Then uh, you had things like the Bruno Sammartino um, uh, clip show and various other things. Uh, and number nine was um, NXT, the, the latest work, the latest week's um, 205 Live. And number 10 was the NXT from the week before. So, um, so uh, oh, and, uh, somewhere up there was the NXT from the week after Mania. So you had TakeOver and then you had like the NXT following Mania. So, last, it only just beaten an NXT that was a week old. Wow. When this was the up-to-date one. And the NXT that was up-to-date was... was about seven or eight places, six or seven places higher. So it's not anywhere near on the same tier. Um, so, you know, the chances of them getting a takeover equivalent is, is uh, I don't think it's ever been as far away. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, it just did the world of good to get involved with that sort of hot crowd. I mean, like I said, Royal Rumble, they were, they were early. They, they should have got a nice thing. Um, oh, what else with it? Um, WrestleMania, they were given time. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, something about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether they just need sort of a ruthless, crazy angle to heat things up. But I just, I feel like with a, with a few small tweaks, I'm watching the same show every week still. It feels like the roster's seven or eight people. Because, um, uh, I mean... It's because always, it is. It's, because it is. It's, and it's hugely formulaic. So you've got a tag team match 
followed by a squash match, followed by a 15-minute main event. Yeah, exactly. And the tag team match is being, now being rotated amongst three teams. So it's either Itami well, and Zawa. We could be back to two teams again now. Could be, yeah. Uh, so it's Itami versus Tozawa. Uh, it's um, Dorado and Metalik from House Party, very yeah. rarely Kalisto. And now it's Gallagher and Kendrick. So some combination of those three. And then someone doing a squash match. Um, and that's usually your, your, a little bit more of a floating person. And then a main event. And it's just a little bit too, you know, kind of what's, you know how it's going to flow. You know how it's going to work. You, you kind of know what you're skipping and what you're not. And, you know, when to, to dip into the timer, because you know exactly when it'll be. And it just feels really, really shallow and really, really um, predictable. You know, uh, I think, you know, if we were going to review next week's 205 Live today, we'll say the tag team match was all right, but didn't really make a lot of sense. But some good spots in it. Um, there was an interview with someone, which was actually all right. Drake Maverick said something which was hilariously funny. Uh, squash match looked fine. It looked fairly strong, but it was over in a couple of minutes. And then it was a really solid main event between Two whoever and whoever. Exactly. Um, and, you know, has anything been forwarded on from after all of that? Well, no, not really. It, yeah. it's, it's a very good set of matches. It just doesn't really feel as if it's... It doesn't feel like a good show. It feels like a good set of matches. Yeah, and no, I think that's the um, yeah perfect description for it, really. Um, anything else you want to bring up for this week? Yeah, so Kalisto oh. lost again in the main event. Yep. He's got to have the worst win-loss record in 205 Live. I mean, it looks like he wins one in four, one in five. Wins the big one, though, doesn't he? Which big one? Well, he's got the title shot. Yeah, not, not the big one of the actual title match. But no, yeah. that's, that's the really big one. He won the big one, which was the quarterfinals of the Cruiserweight tournament. Yeah. It's also true. Yeah, no, um, but again, like we said, it's, it's hard to get any momentum with these people because... But it's interesting because he's got, you know, and, and it's it's amazing because it's it's wrestling and we know this and we know that wins and losses don't actually mean anything. But he still feels one of, if not the biggest star on the show. Um, but like we said, because he is. You know, the, the but, fact that they don't but, even talk he's a former... United States champion and former NXT tag team champion. They just, it, you know, this stuff should be spoken about. But despite losing to pretty much everyone clean, he still feels head and shoulders above him. Well, that's it, because going into this show, he was a legit superstar. He beat Braun Strowman. He's beaten Ryback at WrestleMania. He's, you know, had... The highlight, the highlight, real moment from Money in the Banks. You know, he's he's done this. 
You know, he was legit. They're treating it like it's a massive step backwards for him to go on 205 Live, and at the moment it is. Yeah. You know, he, he should have been, out of everyone they've done, he should have been the next um, Rey Mysterio with the masks and all that. He's, he's the little guy. He's um he's in a great place for it, and I don't know what they're doing with him on this show, but it just need to be... Even to the point where he was... When they did 205 Live, uh, did um, the Cruiserweight division to Raw, he was the only one who went to SmackDown, wasn't it, as a separate entity. And when he was like drafted to Raw to join the division, it was like it was a big thing. Yeah, he was the he was the one coming in to challenge. Was it Enzo or was it Neville? I think it was Enzo. It was Enzo because yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was after the whole bit where um, no, no one, one was, was allowed to touch him. And touch me. Yeah, but he was yeah, and, he was no, so he could and and beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like I said, he, he was there. He was there, and they've just sort of done what they've um, done again, which is um, somewhat confusing. But um, yeah, I don't know. We march on, I guess. I mean, uh, the wrestling's good. There's some good matches on there. There's some good pace to it. It's 45 minutes. It flies by uh, like a lucha flying out of the ring. But it just... It's kind of, I, I find it a hard show to recap and talk about because not huge amounts really Nothing differs. Because my, my thing is, it's not against the wrestlers. It's got some of my favourite wrestlers on there at the moment. You yep. know, I, I love it. I love Gallagher, Kendrick, um, Itami, um, Gulak, Murphy. Every single week with the entrance, with the, the theme music and the opening video package, I'm reminded how much I'm looking forward to Noam Dar coming back. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean, the, the roster is, is stacked, but just... This this should be on par with NXT. Yeah, you know, even this week was it they announced in the um, in SmackDown. If you stick around through NXT, you get um, Daniel Bryan versus um, Nakamura afterwards. Yeah, two or five. Yeah. So you just sort of sit there and think, no, it shouldn't be like that. So it just shouldn't. I do think they should film it before SmackDown. I maintain this. I think when you're just getting that um, arena, you'll be hot for anything in the first hour. Yeah, or... Um... I get it, it's because of TV. Or, or dock it in with um, Full Sail and do the... Um... Well, this is the, I think they're trying to keep it away because they want it to be different to NXT. And I, I get that, but... Um... Yeah, but different to NXT is meant to be in presentation. Different to, level, to NXT isn't meant to be in levels of engagement from the fans. Yeah. You know, how do we make it different from NXT? Well, you know NXT is really good and gets a lot of praise, right? What if this didn't? Yeah, it, it's just um, it's just it's so bizarre. It really is. I mean, I, I don't know what I'd do with it. I really don't at this stage. 
It's just a really, really weird. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad hour of wrestling. It's yeah. just not really. I mean, I, I feel like they know a lot of damage was done, and they're just trying to rebuild all these characters before really pulling the trigger on it. That's what I feel like. I do feel like I still believe that it will sort itself out. I just think they're like, right, you know, PowerPoint presentations, we can't just lose over a week because whether we like it now or not, it was popular. So we've got to do a transition away and rebuild him as a new character and all, all this sort of stuff. And that's why I think you've had a lot of um, the Drake Magic walking up to people at the back going, you know, why are you wearing a suit? You should be wearing like trunks. Why are you doing this? You should be doing that. And that, that's why all that stuff's sort of happening. They're trying to reset it all. Yeah, but that was, and my problem is, I, I put, I, I sat through some, again, really good action, but very badly paced shows with zero really going on because they were going through this tournament because that was the window for them to do the resetting. We sat there and every single week going, and when it's done, then we can really kick in and, and we'll see some fantastic stuff. And we're waiting. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, they literally haven't moved forward since WrestleMania. It's just the same sort of show. Hurry up and wait, still. Yeah, no, I get that. I do. Um, yeah, I think that brings us to the end of this show. Of the best hour on radio. Talking about the best TV, best hour on TV. <sighs> scene for scene, dissected. Um <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe. So. <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe on a SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Any sort of good podcast provider, we'll be there. Um, we're Sports Arena. I'm Paul. That's Jay. This is Two O Five. Is alive. Thank you very much, and see you soon. Lucha, 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 lucha. lucha.